0: <laughs> Hello kiddies. It's your old pal John Kassir, the voice of The Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to The Bottom Shelf. <laughs>
1: but seriously, Kevin, I, like you can't make your judgment on the game because of these movies. Like these movies are completely non-representative of what dungeons and dragons actually is so i don't
2: care i'm here to watch movies but i'm not here to be rolling dice i'm not here to be wearing some cloak with a staff i'm not here for any of that crap i'm here to watch a movie and nothing else that's it i don't care but the i don't care movie movie people
1: People who play Dungeons and Dragons don't actually dress up to play Dungeons and Dragons, dude. That's a common misnomer. What that's you're thinking LARPing. of, I was about to say, what you're thinking of is
2: LARPing, uh, but and split, they like, this- also do podcasting and they live in their uh, somewhere size basement and th- just do nothing else they their like, I don't care, I'm here for movies, okay? Because I'm a boring individual and I just have like an IQ level of 12. I don't care. Well, that's rude.
1: Prepare yourself to discover a world of terrible movies. High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid explorers hover over the dangerous planet in their fabulous superorbital spacecraft. Their mission? To conduct a complete analysis of movies known throughout the universe as terrible. So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of discovery and wonder. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf?
0: hello and welcome to the bottom shelf the podcast where every movie has a place on the shelf this is an extension of geek devotions a show from devoted geeks go uh show of devoted geeks they're devoted to let you know you're loved maybe there's some goats somewhere i don't know i know that there were some people who played goats once one of them was a guy named john john how you
1: doing hey what's going on everybody i'm your dm for this week of this week's episode of playing games with strangers and oh sorry it's podcasting with celeste and talking dungeons and dragons i just Oh, it was so funny. Yeah,
2: I I almost forgot to laugh.
3: That joke's old.
2: Yeah, just as old as John. Just as I'm Kevin.
0: You. I'm Kevin. Hi. He's our little ray of sunshine. The happiest
2: yeah. man on the whole show. Yep. Yay! I am so excited. I'm just overwhelmed with joy. It's just overflowing.
0: It's just well, spreading everywhere. It is just like a normal Irish sunshine. So tell us, Kevo, what are we? watching today
2: hey celeste how are you doing celeste welcome aboard celeste because you know dallas forgot about you on the side that's okay <laughs> that's okay because i'm not serving him tacos later on tonight
0: <laughs> she's a strong independent woman she doesn't need me to introduce herself
3: that's true i'm also y'all's boss
0: nobody's, I my, really make boss. Tacos.
2: nobody's my boss god's only my, my only boss i'm answering to nobody
0: that should concern you sometimes. So, Kevin, what are we watching today?
2: <laughs> well, since we're on a trend, and John is just like overleaping with joy about being a DM over somebody, um, let's continue this Dungeon Dragon routine.
0: Dungeon and Dragons, like,
2: yeah, let's do it. Dungeon and Dragons t- Part Two, You're direct to DVD. Time. Well, this one is like supposedly a sequel to the other one we watched that was made back in two thousand. So they figured five years later, let's make another one. But let's not do the theater experience this time. Let's just
0: shove it to DVD this time. That that might actually be a good plan for them this time. In
2: fact, let's skip VHS. Let's just do DVD and DVD only. Mm. And yeah, they made one in 2005. It's Dungeons and Dragons Wrath of the Dragon God. Wait, wait, I'm saying it right, right? Wrath yep. of the Dragon God. Yeah, that. All I did not right. heard anything about this movie. I just know I saw it there. It's like, okay, I guess they made a sequel because it's a third part. And apparently they were so embarrassed to making part three, they don't even want to release it in America. It's like, no, we're just releasing every other country, but America, even though it's an American <laughs> film. Wait, this wasn't
0: released in America? You just part said?
2: three. There's one more, but we're just like, no, nah, let's just do two. <laughs> no, we don't I don't, know. We
3: don't need three.
2: I mean, there is one coming to cinemas very um shortly, but don't see it. Uh, anybody? um okay you haven't seen it so you wouldn't know that's the whole point we watch movies that we that's in this dumpster and right now it hasn't entered anything i know but i'm just saying
1: i don't want to support that company that's all i'm saying anyway uh moving forward because i don't want to open up that can of worms again because dave and i already touched on that a lot on uh casual gamer society here you go you read a dvd you know more about this there right. you
0: go. give me this dvd all right, yeah, we'll see here All Retribution is at hand. Nothing can keep me from it, warns evil Domador. The specter of death does not daunt me, for I am already dead. After centuries, the fearsome corpse creature comes to dreadful life, armed with a black orb of such awesome power that he can extract his revenge on the Empire of Izmir, home to the descendants of those who vanquished him. This sequel to Dungeons and Dragons, based on the popular role-playing game, fills the screen with amazing visual effects of spectral, ghosts, uh, spectral ghouls, diabolical traps, thundering armies, and huge winged dragons. The story follows five champions of Ismir who must perform prodigious feats of brain, brawn, and sorcery to capture the orb. Be vigilant. Be bold. The quest begins. Let no one turn back. Thank you for that, Jeremy Irons.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was,
3: Dallas's reading of that was more entertaining than the first movie.
1: I don't know about that. <laughs> like I said like I said in the last episode, I was moderately entertained by the last
0: movie. So. Woo, woo. The DVD has a DVD-ROM web link to D&D gameplay guide.
3: What? Cool.
1: I have the DVD, and I won't do that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the link is probably spam now.
0: Probably. So, and also, Sierra has a comment commentary featuring Wizards of the Coast, D&D special project manager Ed Stark, and other D&D players. Oh, that's like the nerdiest thing I've heard for a while.
3: Really? You hang out You with listen us. to
0: your any shows you know I don't hang own. out with you. I only this
2: is the only place this is the only time I get to hang out with you guys. <laughs>
3: Who's fault is that,
2: Kevin? Kevo, I would hang I out with you. I live in the land of the free and it's called Florida and man we get to you know just two on public subs swinging the back porch with our shotgun. I can't do hitting, that in street port.
0: Hitting gators with a I definitely can't cast do in Washington sco- state. <laughs> hey question John, if yeah. Florida Man was a D&D character, what class would he be?
1: Oh, Kevin would absolutely be a dwarf.
3: <laughs> no, 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 no. Well,
1: I Florida am short, man. so there we
2: go for that. <laughs> I said Florida, Florida man, man, not this Florida Man.
1: <laughs> oh. oh, my bad. Uh, like regular Florida Man. Okay, gotcha. As regular as Florida Man gets.
3: Whatever it is, he's going to be chaotic neutral.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, Probably a tabaxi.
3: Oh, yeah, that fits. That fits.
0: Okay, yeah, sure. Whatever. I'm not my head like, like I, yeah, don't I don't know, know either. <laughs> oh, taxidermy, yeah. I yeah, taxidermy, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> Dallas, to- Toki is tabaxi.
0: Ah, okay. I gotcha. Alright, so, well, uh, we don't have any taglines for this one because nobody knows what this movie is. Um. So, John, do you have any factoids for us? I do, actually. Um... So despite the fact that this movie
1: was direct to DVD, uh, it, what it did have a budget of some sort, it, it, it had a $15 million budget.
3: Ooh. Why? I, <laughs> and, oh, okay. I have thoughts, that I can't say yet.
1: Cause we haven't watched it. Cause we uh, haven't watched it. We haven't watched it. Uh, and then do you want to know how much it made back of that budget? Yeah, sales, I guess? Sure. 2.5 million. Oh, okay. We hurt. need a,
0: they... a sound that goes off of just absolute failure. I don't know what that sound is, but when you, did, when you edit this, <laughs> add that into this. <laughs> well,
2: That's... they must have done something because they made another one, and they must have got their tax money back.
1: Well, by this time, they were well into f- uh, fourth edition territory, so...
2: Okay, yeah, which it is made not a
1: good thing. Uh, but I digress. Uh, outside of that, really a lot of the factoids are just like, Hey, there's a lot of references to stuff that are in the game. And I'm like, yeah, no kidding. Because this movie <laughs> is based off of the game. Um, but one thing that I did find out that was pretty interesting about this particular one is that the magic runes that are seen in this film come from two sources. But uh, the first source was a set of Zodiac symbols from astrology. But the second source, and this is the part that I found interesting, uh, is Chaosium's role-playing game RuneQuest, which was an actual competitor of D&D uh, in the <laughs> 70s and 80s.
0: That's funny. That's a good, that's good. Like, hey, D&D, stick it.
2: <laughs> oh, we're watching a movie with Zodiac Signs, so we're watching a Satan movie. Evil! Watch out, Southern Baptist, here he come.
0: Hey, they sponsor <laughs> Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: to be fair, Kevin, that's actually par for the course, because in the 80s, Dungeons & Dragons was a part of the uh, satanic panic. So I know Tom Hanks was part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Mazes and monsters. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, don't joke around about that too much, or I'll, I'll, I'll make us watch that movie.
2: It's already in the dumpster. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> well, there we go. What are our expectations? children?
3: I'm not coming into this with a lot of expectations. The last one was so bad.
2: Because the l- last one left off in such a high note.
3: <laughs> when the highest note is your makeup department. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, don't know, I mean, Jeremy Irons fell from pretty high up.
3: And his makeup was on point.
0: It, no,
1: it, the, the proper fl- phrase when you're talking about someone's makeup is it was on fleek. Vine's dead.
3: Not been a thing for a while, John.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was a thing when this movie was made, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> no, I think this movie might have been before that.
2: Yeah.
0: Really? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm. yeah. And once again, speaking of John's age. John because was still you're, so
0: much, you're so much <laughs> younger than me, Kevin. John, when this came out, Zanga and High Five were a thing. And you and Celeste were flirting over Zanga. No, 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 we no. were not. That would have that been would highly have been inappropriate. Completely illegal. <laughs> what? I was like, when this movie came out, I was like nineteen,
3: and I was okay. like thirteen, maybe, maybe fourteen.
0: And no. one of the greatest
2: media players, a Zune, was out, and no one was buying into it. They all got I to a had and a
1: Zune, I- sir. Zune sh- was the bomb. You shut your mouth. I still have my Zune.
2: What are you talking about? Shut my mouth! I'm the one who's supporting it. I'm saying the greatest one that came out, and now Bring you're telling me to shut my mouth. Zune. Fine. Ladies,
0: this podcast is canceled. We need to zoom. Let's talk about Zoom. How great was Zoom? It Zune was, was better fantastic. than this movie. You could put this movie on a Zoom, and it would have been better because you it was You couldn't on a do Zune. it with an iPod. <laughs> you couldn't do it with an iPod. You could put you could put the D and D books on a Zoom. Yes,
2: you could. you could. You could read books on there and play. Super Mario Brothers on it too.
0: You could probably put your like put dice on the Zune. Now, not as an app, but you just roll it on the Zoom because it was actually, you know, <laughs> it was solid. Did it didn't crack like an iPod? iPod.
3: Eight years later. <laughs> Can we talk about the movie?
0: Expectations. We're still in expectations. Oh yeah. Um, uh, my expectations are um after putting bottom shelfing this. See, you could put a <laughs> sorry John has put his uh, d20 on his soon it's actually my d12 but yeah oh (laughs) but my since coming out bottom shelfing the last movie and knowing this did not go to theaters this went straight to television it's probably bottom shelf territory again if not less this will probably less than what we just watched Bad a guess Um, again I haven't seen it looking at the cover the cover looks really interesting but it doesn't match the Images on the back, images on the, the back. Cover like, looks
2: pretty cool. I like yeah, the cover. It looks yes, like an actual,
0: like a legit know. movie. Yeah, but the back of it, you go, oh, this looks like a student film project. So I'm, I'm oh, going to say savage. this is probably going to be a less than the last movie. So those are my expectations.
2: Yeah, the front actually looks like the real picture. The back looks like a Potter's Wax Museum. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, so for my expectations on this movie, the
1: one of my good buddies who had initially, the guy who got me into Dungeons and Dragons, uh, when I had initially told him I had bought this movie with, as a two-pack with the original, uh, he told me, why would you do that? That second movie is utter trash. And that I'd never seen the second movie before ever. So that was the expectation that was set for me going into it.
3: Oh, good. To be fair, if it's who I'm thinking of, he Eric, doesn't, he, Eric does not generally go, that's trash, unless it really is.
1: Eric Eric has a lot of opinions about a lot of things, and he will hold very firm to these opinions. So, you know, but he doesn't have opinions without Reason. he doesn't have opinions he doesn't have opinions that aren't based off of anything. Yes, mm. he
3: has justification for his opinions.
1: Kevo, do you, what are your expectations going into this movie? Or oh, here's still my none? here's
2: my opinions on justifications. I've never saw this movie. Okay, so. Just like the last one was my first time watching it. This is my first time watching this. And so I really have no expectations other than is maybe they'll do a Marvel thing. Maybe they'll bring everyone back from the dead and just like just act like nothing happened in the last one. Let's maybe do another romance. Maybe let's do another thing with the same characters over. I don't know. Kevin, I I
1: wish I wish I could be like you when it comes to movies and just walk in as a completely blank slate. I always walk in with preconceived stuff. So I envy you on that level.
0: Well, you did that with the um the um uh Scientology movie. Uh yeah, the, uh, Battlefield Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I walked in blank minded and I walked out blank minded. No, but what 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 no, what so Dallas is saying is what what Dallas, <laughs> is, what Dallas is
1: what Dallas is saying is that I walked into that one blank minded because of things that you had said on the Facebook chat and as a result <laughs> oh. I ended up, I ended up enjoying it. So and then I, just, I was told
2: i was told i was wrong for that so i think whatever i think i just learned from my experience that you know just when you're whether i'm reading a book because you know as much as i joke i'm gonna be honest sorry people just listening i'm gonna be honest i love books i read books i read a book a week okay and it's just something i do i I read more books than i watch movies the only difference is i read books on movies i read books on finances i read books on different religions because i was once part of a different um religion before becoming a christian so i have, I have a reason why i love books i read books it was my escape and when you live mm. poor, dirt poor but anyways psst, surpassing that um yeah I, I i just like to go on things like not knowing anything same thing when i traveled to different countries which is not really the best idea. So forewarning you people is listening, don't go to a different country you know nothing about because sometimes you'll be getting a huge entire culture shock. Sometimes it changes your attitude and life on things, but sometimes, yeah. Same thing with different states. I go to different states not knowing. I do the same thing with movies. I just go into movies not really wanting to watch trailers, not wanting to see posters. If I see it, okay, I saw it. Maybe I'll get something, but that's just me. I try to go as blank as possible because I want to appreciate the art being displayed before me. Cool.
1: I'm jealous of you of that. I wish I could do that or do it more regularly. Um, so cool.
2: Yeah. Just don't did talk we- to people for a good 20 years. And all of a sudden you, you, you'll experience that. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I don't know nothing.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, did we get you Celeste? I don't remember. Yes, we did. Yes. Okay. Well, all right then. Who's ready to watch a movie?
2: I am. Yay. Let's watch this. Yay!
0: I'm going to get a cup of coffee.
3: Dear listeners, this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned.
1: Well, that movie had all the acting talent of a high school theater class. Oof. It was Oh, my God.
2: God. oh Jesus, Lord, God Almighty, help me. Oh, my God. Oh.
0: Uh, uh, Can I point out the fact that one of the main actors was also in John Carter of Mars, and that failed. <laughs> okay, honest. John Carter movie was
2: actually good. I like that. That was word. actually a really good movie. It just had poor um, release. No one didn't know how to release the movie. No one didn't know what they were watching. <laughs> even the C- even the CGI wasn't really that bad. It was just the subplots of that movie. But that's a total I, different conversation.
3: I wanted, I wanted a Wulu. <laughs>
2: I wanted a sequel, and we're
1: not going to get that from that no. movie. Can, can, can we talk about the fact that Maybelline must have pulled their product
0: placement in this movie? Right. <laughs> he was back.
2: That's one person
0: back from the movie. The interesting thing: he is both one of the main writers and directors of this film. I
2: wonder if he's a D and D person. Like he really, truly is one because he like he he helped fund it for the last one too. I think he just wanted to be fabulous.
1: You know, you know who actually is a massive D and what actor is a massive D and D fan?
2: Matthew Lillard, the guy from the No, no, scream, that's, right?
1: no, that's not. That's not even what I was going to say. Uh, Vin Diesel.
2: Yes. Yeah, I, uh, I,
1: I just heard about that.
2: Homeboy is like a
1: avid D and D fan. I yeah. wouldn't
2: call him Homeboy. I could barely understand what the man says most of the time. That's alright. <laughs> he can't understand you either because he always like this
1: all the time in all his movies and I'm Vin Diesel the
2: same monotone family. act in everything he does family <laughs> I got I got family I'm glad he's got his family
1: it's the one thing that separates Vin Diesel from Harry Potter
2: oh
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Some, sometimes a family needs a smack against a tree
0: I don't even watch Harry Potter and I got that joke.
2: Oh, good all stuff. Right. Are we well, going to talk about this stupid movie? Can we just like tell people what the movie is and just just go <laughs> on with it? Whatever.
1: We're, okay, well first of all, this movie, like you know how every episode of Sesame Street was brought to you by the letter K and the number 13? Yeah. This movie was brought to you by ADR and green screen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like i i think i think every single line in this movie was
0: done via adr because it, it felt that way like I, I was messaging you going was this originally done in a different language because it the entirety of the film feels dubbed
3: it does and it's not a bad dub but it's also not a great dub
0: i think it was it was it done in a different
2: language no it wasn't it was just like no. the, the sound guy was just bad like he didn't know how to sound edit so that was a big it's like My they forgot God. to
0: do a sound spike at the beginning of the film or or the rendering just got thrown off.
3: Yes. Yeah.
1: So, I mean that was the biggest thing that stuck out non-spoilery about this movie to me is just the sound design was terrible and it seemed it it really felt like one of those movies that was shot completely in front of a
2: green screen. Mm-hmm. If not 70 perc- it, 70% it of it, it. It looked like it was shot on location, but it was just this this the way how it, when it was the castle scenes and everything else, that was shot in location. Was it the yes. outdoor? That, yes, that, that was actual real castle. Was mm-hmm. location just in like, front of a green screen?
0: It was just, location. It, it was the it was the color it was the color grading it, of everything. That's what it was. Did. It was
2: the color grading because look, it was this was shot more in location than their last one. Really? Yeah, because the I, they budget up,
0: wasn't there. They, yeah. they, I think my i i my suggestion is that they were like the guys from Monty Python, and then. When they were done, they ran away before they got arrested for trespassing.
2: That's hilarious, Dallas. All right, listen up, you primitive screwheads.
0: This is what we're gonna do. Okay? <laughs> we're gonna film the video right now. We got, we got more. We have a better camera than those Irish guys who did the kung fu film. <laughs> we haven't lit any cars on fire because no cars we around. We didn't, we didn't use VHS.
2: <laughs> we used film. Low grade right, film. We.
1: I, <laughs> thought, I, I thought they shot direct to tape so I mean
0: <laughs> so but legit like the color grade throughout the entirety of the film was just awkward as I get out they did a lot of like they tried doing day for night but it was just really rough and then there was a couple of scenes where like it was specifically at the ending is what I'm thinking of but then we'll get into some of the, sto- the, the sports stuff later but there's a scene where one of the characters is riding down a hill and they've basically sepiaed out the edges to a as a vignette to the middle, and the mm. middle is green and vibrant, but everything is 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 not, and yes. it was just really just awkward. That's the what entirety happens when you
2: don't have good gaffing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what gaffing is? Do I need to explain gaffing? No, we don't know explain what for the is. audience. I'll explain for the audience. Okay, gaffing is basically just the lighting. So you get the lighting, you mm. get the boards, the light reflection off the boards, the um color lights, you the filters you put over. So this is what brings up style which now i think every movie now has like grasped the concept of gaffing but now they mm-hmm. just forgot the the um the storytelling it's like oh we got the light and the sound now let's forget the story which i'm not saying we got fantastic.
0: lens flares <laughs>
2: exactly
1: we got <laughs> lens flares thank god for that you know who had a great who had a great gaffing technique
2: John Dario Carpenter. Argento. yes and him yes 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 See? I wasn't even doing a goof, dude. I
1: was talking legit film with you. Yeah. Well, I thought he was going to go back to John Carpenter because John Carpenter is
2: like your your lover boy. Oh, John Carpenter had, has I mean, great lighting too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he does the he does the um directing, but um, crap, what's his name? The, the director of photography. Good lord, I know his name. He did Jurassic Park. He did he did all Steven Spielberg and John Carpenter films. What's his name? Man, I forgot. It's making me mad. I got to look it up. Go ahead, can I keep talking while I look it up. Yeah. All right.
0: So, but the, like, even like within the same scene, the color grade changed often, yeah, and um, like it just felt awkward watching the film at times because the the acting was was very stone, like very flat. it was stoned, yeah, some of them were stoned, I think the um the the coloring was just off the entirety of the time. Like it felt like a like a student film, and I don't want to knock it if it was a student film, um, but I mean, because like, what was that film we did? Uh, Dark, Dark Star, Dark Star, Kevin's student favorite film. movie. Yeah, so Dean Cundy
2: Dean is the guy's name, one of the greatest cinematographers alive, and I right. cannot remember why. Is I think he came on board right after Dark Star with John Carpenter.
0: Okay, yeah, he did. So, but there was a like if if it was if it was meant to be a student film. Good on you if it's meant to be like a low budget local film. Good on you for trying at least. But I mean, it was just awkward. Was like th- there was a character,
1: Dallas. And a ca- yes, Dallas. Fifteen million dollar budget.
0: I know, I know. And that's that's what when you said that, John, I couldn't comprehend. I'm going. Surely Ow. it's a typo. Surely somebody. It was like one of those Amazon scams that took you into typing in too many zeros on accident. I don't hey, know. I'm going to tell you. This. Go ahead, Celeste, I'm sorry.
3: The whole budget went into two seconds of the movie.
2: Yes, I don't even know what those two seconds were because I'm. I'm being honest. This movie blank for me, but I want to tell you something. Budgets don't matter as as much as people think. It does to a point. Who you're paying, so forth. But there is a movie I told someone that was made with like the same amount we just talked about, ten million dollars. The Invisible Man that was made not too long ago. Remember that movie? Did you, uh, did you watch it, John Hardy, didn't you? Nope. But I what? That movie was made with just ten million dollars, and my God, you could it, it it was it exploded and it made like hundreds of millions because it was a, they used the money effectively pro- properly. You can do right. it properly. Right. You could do I it mean, right. Uh, John Carpenter, you're, like I, like I mentioned before, he used his money properly, he used his money right, he used it in the cameras. And sometimes
0: this shows that they were putting money in places that it shouldn't have, and this is what the result happens. I feel like the money went into the castle and then one scene of the dragon. Not the entire not all of the dragon, one Just scene the one of the scene. dragon. Yeah, they probably paid to use the castle
2: scene for rights and purposes for I don't know how many days or how long they shot this film for. And they probably used it exactly for the CGI for the wrong people who was using CGI, which I have my opinions on this dragon compared to the last ones, because I think this one looks better, but that's my opinion. This one acted more like a dragon than the last ones. The Last one's like, Oh, they're just popping. This one actually had some fierceness to it with the ice dragon. I'm like, okay. I mean, I know it's 2005, but it's still, you know, it was more passable with me than Mummy returns. So
3: at least this dragon didn't look like a T-Rex with wings,
1: but to take it back to the budget conversation though, Kevo, um, I, I agree with you the, the the reason why I was re-quoting the 15 million is because they had the finances to do, to do things better in this movie. Yes. There were, there were, there had to have been a misappropriation of funds when this movie was created because like one of the most profitable movies of all time. Uh, and I know you guys aren't into horror, but I can guarantee you, you know, this movie, uh, paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Do you know how much that movie was made for? I think that was like five million dollars, or not even that. uh. -uh. one million. No, it was very low. Fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Do you know how much that movie made back worldwide? Hundreds of
2: millions. Hundreds of millions. One hundred ninety-three million dollars, and it's still counting. And that I just never got into this series. I thought the movie sucked. I I was I was on that movie the first day when it came out with somebody. That movie was that movie was mind blowing when it first came out for
1: me. Like real talk so really yeah Yeah. so you can i agree with you so so what i'm what i was trying to say is i agree with you kevin it the budget doesn't matter so much you can make a great movie on a lesser budget the problem is is the movie that we're talking about on today's episode this dungeons and dragons movie had a budget that rivals movies that are being made with today money Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and it it just it it felt like it, it was, yeah. It's like it, somebody somebody was taking money, like was skimming somewhere because mm-hmm. there was better CGI
2: even during this time period.
3: Yeah, there and was. they had like,
2: had it available because Dungeons Dragons is still a massive platform game playing, even for, mm-hmm. even for that time. It mm-hmm. it was, and that was a very low budget even for our, like the biggest game playing. I think it was. it like did they make more money than most of other games? They have to. Um,
1: Up until recently, Dungeons and Dragons has has controlled about 85% of the market share when it comes to tabletop role playing games. Yeah, so they
2: could have, they could have did something. There
1: were, there was a recent event that I'm not going to get into that caused them to lose a significant portion of their market share. But for the most part, up until recently, they have been the leading tabletop role playing game by significant amounts. Like the, the closest the closest r- role playing system to them was Call of Cthulhu. And even still, they only had have probably about a seven uh, percent share of the market.
0: Mm-hmm. Crazy. But the film itself, like it's just that you it feels like somebody else to control of this film altogether. Like Mm -hmm. Ismir, the the city. This is 100 years later, and yet it feels so much less than it did in the first movie. And this is supposed to be a direct sequel.
2: It feels like everything else. That's what this movie, if it just felt, well, are we going to spoilers? Is this spoiler or what? I don't even know. Did we hit spoilers? Let's hit spoilers
1: spoilers because that's going to be safe, because I don't think we can say much more about this, about the movie itself without talking about what's in it. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Ladies and
2: gentlemen,
3: the spoiler section.
2: So this movie felt like it had really not much of an imagination. They didn't, Their imagination went wild like they did with the first one. Mm. I mean, yeah, it, yeah it, it was some pretty corny, dumb things they did with that first one. But at least their imagination went wild with all kinds of things. This one just felt like it was just, I don't know if it was trying to be too safe. It just felt like it did nothing. It was so bland to look at. And now that we're spoiling this movie, I went I after went this three different times today. I seriously, every time I, my mind blanked out, I was like, okay, I got to rewind because I forgot everything. And i gonna be honest. I don't know how this movie ended. <laughs> I, can, I, I cannot remember. I, I forgot so much inside this film. If you told me what the, I was like, yeah, okay, that happened. but I don't know. This movie ended with literal deus ex machina.
3: Yeah.
1: Like literal, like, just out of nowhere, like, oh, there's this god of nature that we haven't talked about for this entire movie. We're going to pray to him, and then he's going
2: to give us the means to kill this dragon god. This is exposition talking the movie. This had so much dialogue, so much Absolutely. heavy dialogue. They were basically almost, they didn't say it, but it almost went to the part like, as you know, when you say that, you just killed your entire way of script writing. Everything yeah. there was talking to each other, they was telling each other what the other person knew. They weren't, they were not displaying it for the audience to experience. They're just like, Hey, we're going to tell you this, 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 this. And you're like, okay, 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 okay. This stuff that works better in a book than the movie and it fails epically. The true villain of this movie, the true villain
1: of this movie walked away from the ending of this movie completely unscathed. Yeah. Do you know who the true villain of this movie was? the, the writer? dude with the Yes, the- Celeste, yes. You've been looking at my notes apparently. Who would
2: you say? The writer. The writer. The writer. Yeah. The, the, the writer did not know how to write a story and it was so evident. But I will say, if
1: you thought that the tropes were the D tropes that people would not understand were heavy in the last movie, they were very much more prevalent in this movie. Yes. Mm. I was sitting here watching the movie and they're like getting into the actual mechanics of the game. Like not, e- not even just the tee hee here and there. It's just like, this is how the game works. Literally. There was a point when they were, they were like, I only have two of those spells prepared for today. Yeah.
3: When she said that, I was like, do you think you could stop and let her prepare another one?
1: But she only has so many spell slots. That's I mean, if true. she, if she's a low level wizard, then ugh.
3: I mean, like but she's supposed to be a high level wizard.
1: The reason why this, this movie took such a bath, I think, other than the fact that it was made direct to video, but the reason why it took such a bath is because nobody can understand half the crap that's going on this, in this movie without understanding Dungeons and Dragons as a game.
2: What were they here? Level six, seven, eight. Something like that. I would, I
1: would probably say they were between level three to level seven throughout the entire movie. This was a low level adventure.
0: Hmm. Okay. Sounds was like, huh? like my excitement level huh it like my excitement level it. Exactly
1: exactly even when they got to the burial place of whatever this archmage was that they had to go look at his pool of seeing they they got to this uh the cenotaph style uh grave marker that was a typical D&D puzzle yeah. it's like mm-hmm. This is not fun to watch. There's a reason why why D&D podcasts don't have visual puzzles, because they're not fun to watch. Right. They're fun to figure out for players, but if you're just a bystander, this is not entertainment. And I'm like, I get what you're doing, but don't do that.
3: Don't do that.
0: Yeah. It was the entirety of the film was like that, though. It was there was so much happening. It ha- it has suffered the same issues that the first movie suffered, which was they're rushing through so much story. They're giving mounds of exposition to catch you up with what's happening, and then they just don't explain things at all. And it's just it was awkward to watch the entirety of the time. Now, that being said, and this may I I found the story more interesting in this than the first movie. Yes. Like the fact that they played it straight the majority of the time whereas the last one was a, a mess and they were trying to be funny too much mm-hmm. this one played the, sto- the story was a little better it, it was it was i it was tolerable up until like the last 10 minutes like the last 10 minutes the entirety of the story just falls apart deus machina all other stuff taking place it just it just wasn't growing working with me uh the moment they teleported homegirl's arm was in the wall and they teleported out and in the middle of the teleport, he cuts her arm off and tourniquets it mid-teleportation. From that point forward, the rest of the story, like it it was just a downhill slope to of all right, let's wrap up the storylines.
3: Like, and I don't even understand why he cut it off. Like he could have she could have just like teleported and that arm would have stayed there.
0: I think the, the suggestion was slice. that it, she couldn't. That, that to me, the suggestion was that if she she couldn't just teleport with that thing attached to her body, then otherwise, cut it when off she teleported and her
3: cast rather than cutting it off
2: midway through,
0: yeah, I'm but sorry even, I'm,
2: I'm glad you guys found something more out of it because I, I even couldn't.
0: like at the, the the ending itself when they they teleported into the lair of the big baddie, and he's just like, no, oh, you're here Hi. Like I was like, what? Like it was just this awkwardness. It's like it hello. was
3: almost like he was like, "Oh, you're here. It is time to perform."
1: Okay, so another thing that amused me about this movie and not in the best way was it was good to see that the lit hallway from Resident Evil got an- <laughs> got another acting job
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was nice that was nice
1: like i I'm watching this and i'm like did does does uh wes Anderson know that someone stole his
2: idea because that was paul w s Anderson, not wes Anderson sorry. Wes Anderson, Fantastic Mr. Fox, come on! Much I bet.
0: I'm now picturing Resident Evil as a Wes Anderson film, and that sounds <laughs> quite fascinating.
2: You know,
3: I might actually watch it if the zombies were claymation.
2: <laughs> yeah, stop motion style. Yeah, yeah. Have Bill I'm Murray somehow shot. do some be the Red Queen?
1: <laughs> Bill Murray is the Red Queen. Uh, you guys know that you're probably going to die down here, right?
0: Right. Right. <laughs> Guys, it's happening right now. We're all going to die. There are so many zombies. So <laughs> little bullets.
2: Hey, that's a good song. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I, t- I-, I think I've already said, well, I mean, I don't really have anything to add for me. I know you guys probably have a lot more because it took me three times to finish this movie, and I tried, and I tried, and this movie was just completely horrible. And it was so bland, so boring, and. When you do so much exposition, I just I start losing focus, and I just like I can't because there now was I'm exposition. Like, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's like I had to actually have paper and pen to start writing down who these people were. It's like I felt like I needed the Dune chart in front of me to start <laughs> knowing who everyone was because I'm like, good god, I, I just I couldn't. Well, I couldn't Cameron, concentrate. I that,
0: leans, that leans into what John was saying though was the fact that so much of it required you to understand D and D and the the. F- the, the finesse of D and D and it just, it wasn't working I, again. If they had built this up as a show, kind of like we talked about the last time, if this was a show, it, it ironically, Celeste said that it felt like a uh, Xena warrior princess half the yeah. time. Yeah. They played out in a long-term show, like a one season show, even heck, even like six episodes, a mini series. I think that it would have been more in- interesting, even with the low budget. Um, but they just crammed so much and they just expected people like you and I, Kevin, to go, yeah, this is D&D. We got this. And <laughs> I mean, I I, I just don't. I played, I've played D&D. I understand quite a bit of it, but the intricacies of it just don't work for me. Mr. Blue Lips,
2: they didn't have blue lips, but I guess they used the makeup on the people's foreheads. <laughs>
3: they used it on the 90s girl makeup on all the women
1: yeah i i I will say i will say kevin you 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 said that me and celeste probably got more out of it because the only thing i got out of this movie that you didn't was that this movie for me was like pokemon snap Mm. I, i yeah i was i just felt like i was wandering around inside this movie going hey there's that hey there's that take a picture of that and that's all it was like th- that that was the most substance i got out of this like this this movie had all the substance of a popcorn fart what it's, that i don't
2: even know what that is and i don't want to know
1: <laughs> it's a fart you have after you have popcorn. i don't
2: want to know what part of i don't want to know do you not understand or comprehend it takes place what was that dallas it
0: takes place
2: yeah so,
1: yeah. Okay, let's talk about to-
2: your fecal matter while you're at it. Well, <laughs> stop while we're talking about fecal matter. Let's give our
0: ratings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a great segue, Dallas. <laughs> uh, what? I'll go ahead and uh, give the rating uh, the the rating descriptions here. Uh, on here on the bottom shelf, we rate the movies uh, in such with four different uh, ratings top shelf is this was a fantastic movie undeserving of its bad movie reputation we feel like most people would probably enjoy this movie and suggest that you should probably give it a try middle shelf is i can understand why why most people probably didn't like it i personally enjoyed it and given the right circumstances i'd probably recommend this to a few friends and sit down and watch it myself on some occasions bottom shelf is Yes, this is a bad movie. I don't really recommend it to anybody. I may watch it once every five years or so for reference purposes, but for the by and large, for the most part, I'll probably not watch this movie again if I don't have to. And of course, there's the dumpster fire, which is this movie needs to be wiped out of existence, past, present, and future. Uh, so with Kevin, what are you thinking?
2: Dumpster fire. There you go. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, there's Kevin's review. Did you did you want to explain why dumpster fire or have just I not mentioned
2: it? already? Have people not listening? Why are you still listening to this? I don't care. It was boring. It took me three different times and I still got nothing from it. Dumpster Fire. If Jeremy Irons was in this movie, would you have enjoyed it more? Probably because he was acting would have done something that made me call interest. No was acting no one's acting made me call interest. No one of the dialogue, none maybe interest all the exposition. I didn't care about Mm. everyone just talking and talking and talking. There is smart dialogue and there's bland, boring dialogue. None of this dialogue was smart. It was bland. It was boring. It was dull, like an unsalted cracker. It was bland and boring. I am racially offended by that statement, Kevin. I'm (laughs) glad you are.
1: All right. Dallas. Dallas. Being, I'm just gonna go straight across my screen here. What, uh, what, what are you gonna give this movie?
0: Uh, I'm actually gonna give it a, a bottom shelf. Uh, and put it just above the last film,
2: Dumpster Fire. You know it. You're just saving it for whatever reason. Why? Are you no, trying to I,
0: legitimately. Why like, are you I, trying to
2: save this movie, Dallas?
0: I, I fell asleep in the first movie. I didn't fall asleep in this one. And because you
2: just had coffee before we watched this movie. Why did you drink the coffee? <laughs>
0: Like, I mean legitimately. it was it was because the tone was not trying to be stupid silly the entire time. Uh, it yeah, it's a bob it's not a dumpster fire. I've seen worse. I don't want to watch it again, but it's yeah, bottom shelf. See, you don't want to watch it again. You don't even watch it again five years, do you? Huh?
2: Do you want to watch it again in five years?
0: I mean if it's no, in the background. You don't
2: <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the Holy Spirit, man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Kevin, you are
1: not the Holy Spirit. So take well, I know that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: the Holy Spirit's a little quieter than you are.
2: <laughs> uh, no, no. All Sometimes right. the Holy Spirit is very loud and it comes right. All right. In. all right. All right. All right. Back it down.
1: Back it down. Celeste, what is your rating for this movie?
3: My rating is a bottom shelf. because Why?
2: Dumpster fire. Come on.
3: Kevin, I can have an opinion. (laughs) It was not a dumpster fire because I actually enjoyed it. Now, admittedly, I have a soft spot in my heart for -for made-for-TV movies. I think they're fun. They're terrible, but they're fun. So that is why it is bottom shelf.
1: There is a part of me that wanted to put this movie on the bottom shelf because of the whole Pokemon, Pokemon snap effect I got off this movie, where I was like, hey, there's that. Hey, there's that. Hey, there's that. But ultimately, what, what's pushing me in the direction that I am taking this movie is the blonde lady's constant breathless whispering and gibberish that just made me want to destroy myself to get away from it. This movie fell off the bottom shelf and into a dumpster fire. Yes, because- let's go! Let's go, baby. Woo! Yes! That's the this
0: one. <laughs> What's that? I'm so glad you're the one editing this one. Uh,
1: <laughs> but uh yeah, I I don't want to watch this movie again. I don't want to have watched this movie now. I I have enough Despite the fact that I am so angry with Dungeons and Dragons right now because of said recent events. I have more respect for it still than this movie had for it. It it just, it didn't respect the source material in the ways that it should have been. They were more interested in, they were more interested in fan service and game mechanics than they were in trying to redeem itself. than it was trying to redeem itself from the first movie. And that upsets me a bit. So Yes, young Padawan, search your feelings, know it to be true. (laughs) So with that being said, we are in a tie. Yes. Come on, you two,
2: go back, back, time to back down, time to back down, drop it down.
3: I'm allowed to have an opinion, Kevin.
2: Yes, you you are, and that opinion is wrong.
0: (laughs) So what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, is I'm going to post up on uh, our socials and we'll share it out. We'll get people's opinions on the ranking and then through the magic of podcasting, uh, we will have our rating at the end of this episode
2: delivered by glicks herself. Yeah. Your favorite, favorite eight. I John, Mm.
1: we, we have come to terms with each other. She hasn't been deleting my stuff. I haven't been hacking her. So
0: I heard she was thankful. You did get rid of (laughs) Kroll.
1: All right, with that being said, let's head on over to the Weak Connection section to find out if there is anything that can be redeemed from this movie spiritually.
0: This is a Weak Connection!
1: Big thank you to Matt once again for making that bumper for us, despite the fact that he scares the pee out of me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why is that guy scared? Yeah, we'll talk about uh, it out later. <laughs> yeah, that, that's
1: that's um, not okay. a that's not a on mic conversation. Um, <laughs> Dallas, being as you're the one who has weak connections for every single movie, we'll start with you.
0: Yeah, so my weak connection is coming out of Proverbs chapter twelve verse eighteen. There is uh, one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. And this uh, this verse is coming from the a uh, Looking at the relationship between Lux and Nim in the film, um, at the beginning of the film, there's this animosity between the two. There's, um, you know, this this just genuine dislike for each other. And so, but as the story progresses, Lux is, shows kindness towards Nim by offering up her knife because he lost his uh, back. And he's like, no one's ever given me anything before. He's a rogue. He's always stealing stuff. And, um, he's always living in the shadows, never hurt and here's this barbarian who's showing kindness, and it it touched him it changed his mindset of things, and it brought some healing to some wounds that he was harboring uh at the beginning of the film and So, my encouragement to us is um uh, don't be a jerk, like be intentional about being kind to each other, be intentional about speaking life and speaking healing. And like, there are people who are just having terrible days and you don't know why. And when you come in with an attitude of just being a jerk, just to be a jerk's sake, you can inadvertently overstep a boundary and make things go worse instead of coming in, bringing healing, bringing hope. And I I know we say that jokingly, whereas we spent the podcast making jabs, we try to make fun, but we're, we're in a relationship together. We're friends. We know our boundaries. We know what's what we know, you know, don't cross this line. Don't cross that line. You know, we know these things, but for the general population, you may not. And so we need to be cognitive. And even in a community, even though you may have a friendship with people, you need to be sensitive enough to go, you know, I know my friend's going through some stuff right now, and they don't need me to joke like this at the moment. They may be joking like this, but maybe I need to return that with grace and with peace. Instead of bringing sword thrusts, bring a healing word that helps them to, to, to walk out what they're going through and find true. Healing. so that's my uh my weak connection all right does celeste
1: or kevin have a weak connection for this one
3: i have a super weak connection
1: that's what the section's for
3: okay so at the end of near the end of the movie during the deus ex machina uh lux had her knife on uh fancy pants and was about to kill him And she'd been struggling the whole time, like not to rage and not to lose control. And the main guy, whose name I can't even remember, because that's how boring he was, um, came up and was like, "You're not your brother." Beric, Beric came up and he goes, "You're not your brother," and because her brother had raged out of control and had to be put down, and so it was just a nice reminder of, "You're not your family. You're not." Anyone else, you are who God created you to be, and while you can take the good things from other people, you can take the the good aspects of your parents, of your siblings, of everybody who has influenced your life, you don't have to make their mistakes. Even mm. if they were terrible people or made terrible mistakes, you don't have to. You can right. take the good, throw out the bad. Right. I don't have a scripture for that because it just popped into my head a minute ago. Um, But it is biblically sound, even if I don't have a scripture at the moment that can back it up.
1: Celeste, I will tell you that that is not as weak of a connection as you had made it sound like, because that Mm. was actually solid.
3: It doesn't have scripture to back it up.
2: Mm. Kevo, you got something? Sure, I have something. And- it's not going to be at all really related to the movie, but just more of my thoughts because I could not remember a single thing about the movie, really. Like Real everything fun, you guys are saying, I'm just like, oh, okay, I guess that happened. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's in Proverbs chapter 19, verses 20 through 21. It's a New King James Version that I'm reading from. And it's, listen to the counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your later days. There, may, there are many plans in a man's heart Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. So, um, this is more like more of a personal thing for me because I have been taking counsel from here, my friends, on certain matters, and I've been taking um, counsel from also like my pastor or some of my older um, friends who I feel are very far in the walk of God and very wise. And I right. asked for their, you know, what would you do in the situations that I'm going through right now? What would, what would I, what would I should, what would your things would, what would you do? I would take that advice. But the most important thing I learned is that I had to pray. Mm-hmm. I have to pray. I have to be in that communication with God, because if I'm not in that constant in that communication with God, nothing else really matters. Right. And it's, that's it, why he said, that's why, um, I believe. I believe it was King Solomon who wrote this, but he he continuing on, he said, "Nevertheless, no matter it's like no matter what, the Lord's counsel that is what will stand above everything else for all. So always take the Lord's counsel first, foremost, and then people that you will see that's walking in the faith of God, that's actually are true Christians, and that you look highly towards. Take their counsel and and apply that to your life and whatever it is that you're doing, you're going through right now at this moment. So that way." as you progress later that you'll learn from those situations, you'll become wise and you'll learn that way you could pass down that bit of information towards the younger generation. Keep it going
3: that I
1: am actually glad you decided to chip in on that, Kevin, because that's a great segue into what my weak connection is. Um, One of the themes in this movie that really manifests itself at the end is the power of faith. Um, uh, it's hinted at, at the it, towards the beginning where it, uh, somebody's talking about, oh, you need to find a, a weapon that's made of neither magic nor materials. And uh, the answer at the end was faith, um, which made me think of um, Matthew 17 verses 14 through 20, or rather 14 through 21. Um, and it's about Uh, Jesus is healing a boy in this, in this section. And it says, and I'm reading from the ESV, if anybody cares. Uh, And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him, kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son for he seizes and suffers terribly for he often falls in the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus said, Oh, faith faithless, faithless and twisted generation. How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And he said to him, because of your little faith for truly, I say to you, if you have faith, like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Essentially, what was able to overcome the dragon god at the end of this movie was the faith of a woman who was dying under an undead curse, um, and her fa- literally her faith is what sa- what made everything well, mm. um, despite the fact that this movie created committed the ultimate uh, narrative sin of deus ex machina. Um, but it, it, it really stu- stuck out to me that yet in faith in Christ, we have overcome all things, uh, and not necessarily on earth, but we still have overcome. Um, yeah, I had, I've I heard it described in a church I used to go to where everybody who prays to God for healing will be healed. It just it just depends. Either they'll be healed miraculously, they'll be healed medically, or when they die in the in the next life, they will be healed spiritually. Um, but that that's the hope we have onto and the faith we 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 cling to. Uh, Paul calls faith the evidence of the the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen, and so. I would commend it to the people to the listeners out there to really exercise your faith as the weapon of neither magic nor material and be more th- become more than a conqueror as through Christ as the Bible has uh said to us because that's what we're called to be. Right. So, that's mine. I, I always can- feel a little I always feel a little bit goofy ending it because I just kind of ramble off into the end. So, (laughs) so so that, that being said, if you want to check out anything else that we do on this show, please check the show notes, uh, as the list is long and we're all interconnected on many different levels. Um, and Kevin is a beautiful, beautiful man. No, Uh, (laughs) You're beautiful. You're beautiful.
3: Not the creeper song. (laughs) Uh,
1: song. But if you uh, like what you have heard here on the show today, please like rate and subscribe on whatever platform you hear this podcast on. That helps put us in front of like-minded individuals like yourself. who might want to hear about four dimps talking about a movie that probably shouldn't have been made in the first place.
2: Yes should never been praised in fact since i came out with a weak connection that's a plus one so let's go ahead and just no, run the no, fire. <laughs>
0: <Okay>? <laughs> you don't have the dexterity to save for that so sorry i
2: i i, re- I respect
1: your hustle but unfortunately no uh that being like said this. that being said thank you all so much for listening uh stay devoted
0: peace and love